Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The regular season comes to an end with a loss to the Lions. We'll be talking Packers football throughout the bye week on WSSP Milwaukee, 1250 AM, The Fan, and Odyssey Station. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, but Steve Sparky Pfeiffer had to step out. It's Dan Plucker filling in on this side of the glass after hanging out on the big show for the last couple of hours. Happy to be with you here. I want to start off the show with just a little bit of fun today because uh, in the break, Sam Schmitz, who's here, usually the uh, producer and is the producer of the Rami show later today, too. But he came in and we were talking, you know, deep. We were, we were watching the NFL Network. Debo Samuel pops up on the screen and Sam goes. I wonder what Debo Samuel's real name is because I feel like Debo is made up. So we looked it up. We looked up what Debo Samuel's real name was, and his name is Tyson Raekwon Samuel. Tyson Raekwon Samuel. That is Debo Samuel's real name. And so then this prompted a search into how many other NFL players go by pseudonyms, not their real names. And I have to tell you, Packers fans, we have been lied to. We have been lied to by somebody who has became has become an extremely popular Green Bay Packer in one AJ Dillon. He was just on the station last week. He was we just were, on the station. We were lied to, bamboozled, led astray. All those things. Right. All of these things. AJ Dillon's real name is not AJ Dillon. His name is Algiers Jamil William Dillon Jr. That's a junior. <laughs> Algiers Jamil William Dillon Jr. That is AJ Dillon's real name. He's the mayor of a city now in Door County. The whole county. He got the key to the to, to Door County. Whatever the hell that means. We were lied to. And you know what? The thing about AJ Dillon too, the thing this that one surprised me the most because with his name, there's no A, you know. You know, There's no periods. Right. Yeah, it's not it's just, A period J period Dylan. It's right. just AJ Dylan. So I assume, oh, it's just AJ then. Yeah, his yeah. name's just AJ. No, nope. no. 
So four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you if you've seen any across the league that has kind of like blown your mind that it's not somebody's real name because AJ Dillon lied to us. Debo Samuel. I think we could all assume that Debo was not his real name. But I have a full list of of names and stars in this league in the NFL who go by not their real name. Uh, AJ Brown. Arthur Juan Brown is his actual name. AJ Green, a legend, a guy that's played in a gr- great wide receiver for quite some time. His real name is Adriel Jeremiah Green. CD Lamb, a breakout star this year for the Cowboys. Sedarian Lamb is his actual name. Chris Godwin, uh, unfortunately injured, but a great receiver, obviously, with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Real name. Rod Christopher Godwin. His real name is not even Chris. Rod Godwin. Too bad we don't get that rhyme uh, from like Chris Collinsworth talking about Chris Godwin uh, saying Rod Godwin. That would be amazing. Some of these broadcasters being able to pick up those alliterations and rhymes. Dak Prescott. His real name. The, The quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys His real name is Rain. Rain Dakota Prescott, not Dak. I don't know why I'm so just like shocked by all of this. And and I I get it. It's like AJ abbreviations, all of these things. But I just feel lied to. I just feel lied to. DK Metcalf. DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. Drew Locke, the backup quarterback for the Broncos. His real name is Paul. He's a Paul. Paul Andrew Locke. That sounds a lot more, a lot less intimidating than Drew Locke. Paul Locke. I don't know why. Just these. This is a lot of fun to me. Uh, uh, another one here. Jason Witten, legendary, potential future Hall of Fame tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Christopher Jason Witten, his actual name. Juju Smith Schuster. John Sherman Smith Schuster, and one that has been brought up on this show for a long time. Julio Jones, maybe the craziest one of the bunch. Quintoris Lopez Jones is Julio Jones' real name. I just, I can't make this up. It's, it's just so weird to me. Calvin Ridley, he has a younger brother, went to Alabama. Riley Ridley, I believe he was with the Bears most recently. His real name is Calvin Ridley. They both are. They're both Calvin Ridley. Just have different middle names. And Riley Ridley goes by Riley Ridley. And Calvin goes by his first name, Calvin Ridley. Some of these names are just way less intimidating. T.Y. Hilton, longtime Colts receiver. Eugene Marquise Hilton, his actual name. His father's name was Tyrone, which is why they call him Ty. T.Y. Hilton. And then... Another crazy one to wrap it up. Two more to wrap it up. T Higgins, second year player, Joe Burrow's number one target, and arguably with Jamar Chase. To Maurice Higgins, his actual name, not T. And then maybe the most unbelievable middle name that I've ever seen. Von Miller. His his real name is Von Miller. His middle name is B apostrophe V, both capitalized Sean. I have no idea how to pronounce that. So Von Bajan, Bajan Miller, I don't know why. That was just a lot of fun. I wanted to bring it up to start off the show today and 
tell you all here at uh, 1250 AM, the fan that you've been lied to by AJ Dillon, that that's not his real name. Uh, It came up before I hopped on the air, so I thought it would be a little fun for Sam and I to go through some of those crazy names. If you have any, too, you can call throughout throughout the show. Dan Plucker in for Sparky on Sparky's Midday Madness today at 414-799-1250. Hope you had a little bit of fun with some of those names like I did. Uh, Let's move on to talking about this this Packers team because we're in a situation now where and and yesterday I was all day on the Rami show. I was like, let's not overreact to the Packers loss. Let's not overreact to the Packers loss. Let's not overreact to the Packers loss because they played the Detroit Lions. Aaron Rodgers played for one half of the game. And Jordan Love played for the second half. They scored 20 points in the second half. And it was 17 to 14 in both the first game against Green Bay or against Detroit for the Green Bay Packers. At halftime, the Lions were li- winning. And the first game, the Packers won 35 to 17. The second, they wound up losing 37 to 30. If Aaron Rodgers plays the whole game, it's a different story for your Green Bay Packers. But still, for whatever reason, the start of this week in in the Packers talk that I've heard maybe on this station, on social media, all of these different things, it has been overtly negative. And and I don't know where this comes from, Packer fans, and maybe you can help me out at 414-799-1250. It's Dan Plucker in for Sparky today on Sparky's Midday Madness. Why is everything so negative about this Green Bay Packers team and about every Green Bay Packers team? I, I get it. So many fans sit here and wait for the shoe to drop and wait for the shoe to drop, wait for that collapse, that final moment where where the Packers do get embarrassed or lose a close game in the playoffs. And that's just the sense of the National Football League. There's one champion every year, one. Packers can't win the championship every single season. Now, should they have more than twice in the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre era? Most certainly, most certainly. And and it looks like Aaron Rodgers' era is coming to an end within the next, I mean, let's let's be comfortable, five years. Aaron Rodgers will probably no longer be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And it could be much, much sooner than that. So I, I thought heading into this season, and maybe this was a flaw of my own, but I thought heading into this season that the Green Bay Packers and their fans would be more appreciative, more um, reconciling, more understanding of... And, and appreciative, like I said, of of this, what could be the last dance season and just kind of sit and enjoy the ride and, and witness this thing and appreciate it for everything that it's going to be. And instead, I still see the exact same tendencies, the exact same things from Packers fans that I've seen over the course of the last 30 years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And it's nitpicking every single thing. What's going to lose us a game? What's going to lose us a game? What's going to lose us a game? Why can't we just enjoy it? You watched your team win 13 of 17 games this year and very realistically could have won probably one or two more of those. Had, especially this game against the Lions, like I said, had Aaron Rodgers played from start to finish. You're looking at a 14-win team. A 14-13, the 13 is what they, will go by the record. They won 13 games. So you're looking at a team that's won 13 games, has had a spectacular season, and is heading into the playoffs as the number one seed in the NFC and we're still trying to find flaws as to why they're going to lose and why why they're they're going to get beat and ridiculing players and ridiculing units and whatever it be 
I mean, today on the big show, we even asked, what's the what's the number one concern you have heading into the playoffs? I think was how we phrased the question. Uh, what do you think the Packers' biggest weakness is heading into the playoffs? That was the question in the second hour of the big show today. And I'm just like, why can't we talk about what's their biggest advantage? What's What are their three biggest advantages heading into the postseason? What are they doing differently than everybody else? Because everybody wants to... Crap on the Packers' run defense. Oh, their run defense the last couple weeks has just been so bad. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this, this, that, that, bad, bad, bad. Well, let's look at the teams in the NFC. And in the NFC playoffs. The NFC playoff picture. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the number two seed. And Tom Brady, who is currently, and I believe at this point, has thrown more attempts than any other quarterback in NFL history. And both of their starting running backs are out in Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones have been hurt for the last couple of weeks. They might get Fournette back, but is that a team that you have to worry about running the football when you know that you hear those things? Bruce Arians, total air game type of coach. No, I'm not as concerned about the running game in that situation and the run defense for the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, you all know him. You all hate him. Why? Because he never focused on running the football. That's the three seed. The Los Angeles Rams banged up running backs. Yes, Sony Michelle has played pretty well. Daryl Henderson both have done pretty well. Of the top top marks team, probably the best um, of the top four here in terms of running the football, but still more of a focus on throwing the ball. This is a passing league now, an air raid type of league now in the NFL. And that's if the Rams get past the Arizona Cardinals who have been dealing with injuries to James Connors and Chase Edmonds over the last couple of weeks. Kyler Murray can run the football, yes. But that that team, too, maybe a little bit of concern there. 49ers, yes, but that, they're the sixth seed. And I think we all know that if the Packers play their best football, they're far superior to the San Francisco 49ers. And the Eagles, same thing. I mean, the Eagles got demolished by the Dallas Cowboys and the Packers could very likely do the same thing. So why, why are we focusing on, Oh, the Packers run defense could cost them when I just listed through all of these teams in the NFC playoffs. And it's like, maybe, maybe one or two of them you actually have to worry about in terms of a a rushing attack from the get up from the get go. And you look at the AFC side of things too: chiefs, passing team, bills, passing team, Bengals, passing team, Raiders, I guess they're kind of a mix. Patriots more of a running team if they find a way to the Super Bowl somehow. Titans, the number one seed. The only one I would be concerned about with Derrick Henry. So we're not concerned necessarily about the run defense until being the primary reason why the Packers could lose a Super Bowl until the Super Bowl itself if both one seeds got there. Special teams... Oh, they were awful. I get it. One of the worst in the history of football for a large stretch of the season. But over the last couple of weeks, improved. Mason Crosby has been much better since that stretch that he had in the middle of this year as well. But still, to this day, people calling in. Oh, Mason Crosby. We have to worry about Mason Crosby. Oh, we have to worry about this and the special teams. That and the special teams. Over the last few weeks, I've had almost no notes. Mason Crosby missed one extra point, and all of a sudden, he's a terrible kicker again. I don't know where this overt and constant negativity comes from being a fan of a team that is so good. I can never and will never be able to wrap my head around that. And it's incredibly frustrating to me 
If you think I'm wrong, you think I'm crazy, 414-799-1250 to join me, Dan Plucker, here on Sparky's Midday Madness. We'll hit a quick break. We'll get to some of your thoughts on social media over the phone. And I'll also uh, get into that Bama-Georgia game from last night, that national championship, because i got to talk about that, too. That's next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan, but no Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. Dan Plucker in for him. And getting into this college football playoff national championship game last night, we saw a Georgia Bulldogs team just kind of overpower Alabama, especially late in this one. Really, uh, being able to, I, I by the end of this game, Georgia was dominating. I mean, Georgia looked like the much better football program, which is kind of crazy to say uh, just a few weeks prior as Alabama, a 37, now 38 days ago, beat Georgia in the SEC championship game in somewhat convincing fashion. Yet last night's game told a different story. Yeah. Uh, Georgia holding Alabama to field goals in the first half, and you kind of felt with them not being able to convert those to touchdowns like they did in the SEC championship game, that Georgia was going to hang around in this one, and and they did. And then a couple touchdowns, they were able to move the ball effectively on the ground. 140 rushing yards last night for Georgia. And Stetson Bennett continued to play out of his mind, 17-26, to two touchdowns in the game, and did more than enough with that defense that Georgia has to, to win this thing. Uh, Alabama tried and tried and tried again to run the ball and just could not do it. 28 carries, 30 yards for Bama. 30 yards for Alabama on the ground. Almost unheard of. And then because of that, it caused Bryce Young to have to throw the ball 57 times. He got picked on two of those, including a uh, pick six that really sealed the deal for Georgia in this win. But Alabama just could not get anything cooking from pretty much start to finish on the offensive end. Uh, And kicked four field goals. It's why they lost. It's why they lost. And why Georgia, who didn't and found ways to finish drives in the second half, won. Three touchdowns in the second half for Georgia. 27-9 to nine in the second half. Georgia outplayed Alabama to win the national championship. And in the rematch of, what was it, the 2018 national championship game, Georgia gets the advantage. There was no Tua Tagovailoa to step in and win this game for Alabama this this time around. And Kirby Smart finally gets that elusive win over Nick Saban as so many of the coordinators and players that have uh, come from the Nick Saban tree to become head coaches. Now Nick Saban loses a national championship to one of his former assistants. But what I really want to dig into here uh, and in the history of all of this is how crazy lopsided college football is. 
and how it's not over since the college football playoff era has started. There is no parity anymore in 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 this bracket, this system of college football, and I don't know how they improve it because I don't think it gets any better if they expand the playoffs. Through the course of this season, start to finish, there were two teams everybody looked at from the jump. It was Georgia, it was Alabama, and it was, I guess you can throw Clemson in there too. Clemson really falling off the table. Oklahoma was another one of those maybes. But everybody knew from the get-up that Georgia and Alabama were going to be strong candidates for a championship. You get to the championship, you get Georgia, and you get Alabama. Over the last couple years, that's been the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world. You know Alabama and Clemson are going to be in the national championship. What was it, four years in a row that those two faced off? Occasionally, you'll throw in an LSU. You'll throw in an Ohio State. Maybe Oklahoma will make the college football playoff. On a very rare occasion, you'll see a team like Michigan or Michigan State or Notre Dame get in there and get embarrassed. And unbelievably, Cincinnati somehow finds a way this year too, which is a telltale story of where I'm coming from and and what I'm about to say. Five-star talent is what will win you championships. It is. It is a talent differential, and even me as a Michigan fan sitting here watching Georgia win the national championship last night, we were there. We were in the college football playoff, and we were nowhere near, nowhere near the skill of either Georgia or Alabama. And if you say otherwise, you're kidding yourself. You are. You're just kidding yourself. Georgia had 19 five-star recruits on their roster. 19 five-star recruits on their roster. The next closest team, 14 five-star recruits, and you'll never guess who it was. It was Alabama. The next closest were like Ohio State with less than double digits, LSU who had like six, and a few other programs that had less than double digits on their roster of five-star talent. And you go over... How five-star talent has been distributed over the last four years, and you could go even further than this, but let's just talk the last four years. 2021 class, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. Ironically, the four teams that have made the college football playoff the most. 21 of the 35 five-star recruits in the 2021 class, 21 of them went to those four schools. The rest of college football had 14. 2020, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, 16 five-star recruits between those four. Rest of college football, 16. 2019, the only year in the last four years where college football has more, overall college football has more five-star recruits than those four schools. Bama, Georgia, OSU, Clemson, 12 five-star recruits. Rest of college football, 22. And in 2018, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, 17 five-star recruits, all the rest of college football, 12. So over the last four years, those four schools that have sat at the top and in a lot of these college football playoff conversations are in the college football playoff themselves. 66 five-star recruits 
The rest of college football altogether, 64. That is 50, over 50% of the talent, of the five-star talent in the country going to four schools. I don't know how you fix it, but it's a problem. It's a problem. 130 five-star recruits in the last four years, and 66 of them have gone to four schools. To the point where you know, like I said, you know every year who's going to be at the end of this thing. Great coaching will take you far. It'll take you a distance. And 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 this five, these five-star trends, it shows why this year was so different and why it was a down year for some of these schools. Because in 2019, that draft class, all those players are now juniors in their last year of eligibility. And Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson had 12 five-star recruits. The rest of college football had 22. Michigan had three five-star recruits in that class and were certainly a reason why they are currently, or why they made the college football playoff this last year. Clemson and Ohio State, not as much. Down year for them this year as their top talents, five-star talents are juniors and they don't quite get to the college football playoff this year, allowing a team like Michigan and a well-coached team like Cincinnati to actually get into the championship series, the playoff series. It's a it's a serious problem within college football when you have over half of your top talent going to four teams. Imagine an NFL where you get all pros, pro bowlers, and half of those are going to go to the four teams that the NFL decides. Imagine how lopsided the National Football League would be. And that is the problem right now in college football. Because Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson absolutely rake five-star talent. They bring it in every year, produce it every year. I don't know how you change it. Like I said, these kids get to choose where they go. It's one of the few things that they can control within their college careers. But it's frustrating as fans, as Wisconsin fans, as Michigan fans, as fans of anybody outside of those top four schools when you can't crack it. LSU thought they did, and they got that premier superstar quarterback in Joe Burrow. Ed Orgeron recruited well, usually top 10 classes, but they could not make it a recurring thing like Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson have. And I don't know how we end this cycle. I don't think expanding the playoffs does very much. I don't think the wealth is going to be distributed any further. Because over the last several years, it goes back, I don't know, almost two decades. You can almost predetermine who's going to be in the national championship game before the season even starts. You have these programs go on absolute tirades of just a bunch of winning. USC did it. Florida did it. Texas did it. And then more recently, Alabama has taken over and pretty much been the team that you can lock in the national championship almost every season. It's frustrating. I think it's bad for college football, but I don't know how they fix it. 414-799-1250. Let's go out to one phone call here. Uh, Notebook Mike calling in. Give it, give me your thoughts, man. What do you think about this college football system? Okay. Um, no pun intended. The tide will turn. You got sanctions. You got controversy. It's the 
guy was honest, and he's sitting on that couch and says, we want your son at Bama. He can go pro, but he might sit there for five years and never touch the field. Then where are you? When I started watching college football, I watched Notre Dame, USC, Florida Gators, Florida State, Hurricanes, Notre Dame. And here's a little example I'll hang up. Kentucky and Duke were ruling college basketball. They're not so good no more. Am I right? Yes, but college basketball is much different. Thanks for the call, Mike. College basketball, one game can end your season. And I know that's the same thing true in the college football world, but not when the talent is so staunchly different, when the size of players is so staunchly different, and the skill of players is so unbelievably different. Five stars are dispersed in college basketball now more than ever before. And it's because one bad game can kick you out of the... March Madness bracket and and basketball is a much more fickle game than the than football. Football it's systematic. And when you have just way better talent for that long of a period of time, more than likely unless it's a really embarrassingly poor game, the better teams, the teams that are bringing in the much better talent are going to win. It's a huge talent differential. 19 five-stars. That is almost your entire starting lineup on both sides of the ball. Five-star recruits. The best of the best. Hand-picked to fit your scheme. And easily winning in college football right now. Did the Georgia Bulldogs. Dominated pretty much from year, from the year start to the year end. Had they not had the one slip up against Alabama. And they proved that they were, in this national championship game, they proved that they were that big, bad, ugly bulldog team that everybody thought they were all season long. They proved in that game against Bama, getting their revenge and winning, and against Michigan. They had a poor game against Alabama in the SEC championship game, and Alabama got the best of them. But from pretty much the start of the season, after Georgia beat Clemson, everybody was saying that Georgia was the best team in college football. And they won. They, they got there at the season's end. The NFL, if that happened, it would be wild if the Green Bay Packers from start to finish were the best team and then wound up winning the Super Bowl. And from day one, you said the Packers are the best team in the league and they won the Super Bowl. It would be a less entertaining game. It would be a less entertaining product. I mean, people got tired of seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl every single season, but he also wasn't. People people didn't start to finish from years say Patriots are the best team in the league from start to finish very often in Brady's career. It happened occasionally, yes. They almost went undefeated. So, yeah, it, it happened occasionally. And I think the NFL hurt because of it. I think the NFL lost a lot of viewership because of that. And, and college football, people are so tight with their programs. They want to stay so in tune with their programs that I think they lose sight of how big of a difference there really is. I... I as a Michigan fan thought they had a chance against Georgia. Even though time after time again, looking at those top seeds, it it just hasn't it's hasn't been close. It hasn't been close when teams like Michigan get in compared to teams that have are supposed to be that way from year start to year finish. And Georgia and Alabama proved with this college football playoff, they were by far and away the best two teams in college football, and Georgia proved 
that all of those people that were saying that they were so great and an NFL caliber team were borderline correct because of how well they played throughout the course of this season and finishing it off with an emphatic win over Michigan and getting their revenge against Bama and winning the championship. It's different. It's just different. 414-799-1250. Ian Tosa, you're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker in for Sparky today. Ian, what are your thoughts? Dan, it's a good uh, good conversation to have today. Uh, I think there's a couple different things that, the, that uh, from when they first started the, the four-team playoff till now with the NIL, the name, image, likeness, the mm-hmm. transfer portal, I think that over time, these things will correct themselves. I I I do believe in the, in an expansion of of uh, from four teams to at least eight to twelve. And the reason that I, I you made the you, you made the point with your comments, four teams with a predominancy towards Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, and Georgia, with you know with your sprinklings of Oklahoma and other big big names, get into the in the playoffs. Well, how easy is it to recruit a player, number one, when you have name, image, likeness money and contracts and in universities that are devoted towards, you know, athletics, they're putting all their money into it. Uh, but also, you know, when you're at that kid's table and you're telling him, we've been to the playoffs, we mm-hmm. know how to win, you know, it's, it's, it's the embarrassment of riches kind of argument. But I do see it correcting itself. Oh, you know, with the expansion talk that, that happened recently and, you know, people saying eight, people saying 12, there's there's too much money to be made on an expanded playoff. So, you know, the powers that be are going to are going to expand it just because of the money aspect of it. And they don't care if, a, you know, a poor power five team gets in there and gets smoked mm-hmm. every now and again, because it's all about, you know, the chance. What if? Absolutely, um, and they're still going to make money. Yeah, and you know that Alabama team this year nearly lost to a terrible Auburn team. And imagine the the the, the what would happen if that was in a, a sixteen team playoff and you got a, a Sun Belt team that takes Alabama all four, you know, all four to basically to to, to overtime and then nearly be some but loses. And you know you could spin that, make more money off of it. But I, I do see the power balance being a little bit balanced out with the name, image, likeness. But, you know, for, for us in the Midwest, like Wisconsin, in the history of, uh, I think, uh, Rivals or ESPN 300 did a, did a statement about, like, Big Ten teams and how many five-star players that they've had mm-hmm. from when they started tracking five-star players. Wisconsin, throughout its entire history, has only had five yep. five-star players. And two of them are and currently like, on the roster. Right. And it's just like, okay – you know, we're, there are teams that are good that will be good, and they'll occasionally be great. But, you know, the Blue Bloods always win out while they're good. You know, Notre Dame was terrible for a few years. Then Brian sure. Kelly brought them back, and then they, they became a destination again. Mm-hmm. We're in the state's terrible right now. But, pretty, you know, if they get a good coach and a good AD, you don't know where those, those, uh, where those programs can go. Um, but, yeah, I think – I think it will write itself over time. I think there's too much money to be made to have it be just the way it is right now. Ian, thanks for the call. And and here's the thing. The one rebuttal that I have to that and, and expanding the college football playoff, yes, it may help a little, 
But until an upset happens, until a one falls to an eight, until we see Bama, Georgia, OSU, Clemson, one of those teams lose to a team like Michigan, it's not going to matter. It won't. They will continue to go to those top four teams that are in it every single season or that are close to being in it every single season. Because let's face the facts, history-wise, a lot of these matches in the college football playoff themselves is not very close. When when there there are staunch differences between the one seed and the four seed in a lot of these matchups. I think back to what was it, LSU Notre Dame a couple of years ago, where Joe Burrow had seven touchdowns in the first half, and they mercilessly or mercifully took him out of the game so that he couldn't continue that onslaught. I think to this year, where Alabama cruised to a win over Cincinnati and Georgia did the same thing over Michigan. Sure, there, there, there'll be an occasional moment where one team will top another and it'll be a, a somewhat of a surprise. But like I said, from the get-go, from kickoff of the first game in week one of college football season, you can almost guarantee one of three teams or two of three teams that will be in the national championship. And and if those are the three teams that are going to continue to rake in this five-star talent, backing up five-star talent, backing up five-star talent until something changes. And I don't know how or when that is going to happen. But but if they do expand the college football playoff, it may help, but it won't until we see one of those upsets and we see a team like Penn State or Michigan or Michigan State or, I don't know, Oklahoma or Texas if they ever get things figured out. One of those, and both of those teams are going to be SEC teams too, so who knows. But Or Notre Dame. We see one of those teams win and then win again and then maybe win the national championship. A team that's not supposed to get there does and actually wins the thing. That's when this recruiting thing will get all shaken up. But until then, I just don't see it. Uh, Let's go out to Bob on the south side. You're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness with Dan Plucker. Bob, give me your thoughts on all this. Hi, Dan. Well, I have two ideas. Uh, The first, with regard to expansion, let's not pick four teams to play in the national championship until the completion of all the major bowl games. That would force a team to have to win their conference championship and then go on, and you'd have, for instance, a lot more significance placed on the bowl games, uh, like the Rose Bowl or the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, Mm -hmm. uh, where you'd have conference champions playing against each other or at-large teams because they used to have some at-large teams in with some of those other bowls and then also reduce the number of scholarships, which I think is only appropriate given the fact that students are now allowed to be able to make money uh, uh, in way of uh, uh, spreading the wealth around, mm-hmm. reduce the number of scholarships, and that way you would do actually three things. One, you'd expand the playoffs because now you've incorporated the, the especially the traditional rivalries in the bowl games, uh, and those would come, again, after conference. So you'd have to win your conference, win your conference, your, 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 your division. Then you'd have to win your conference championship. Then you'd have to win a major bowl game. Uh, or if you're a Cincinnati, get invited to a bowl game as an at-large. Then have four teams picked. Get all the bowl games done with by uh, New Year's Day weekend. And that way the national championship paid two weeks later 
could always be, it would coincide with the three-day holiday for the Martin Luther mm. King holiday, uh, and most schools start after that anyway. So you'd be uh, uh, incorporating all of this into a, a, a better system. Because right now the bowl game, sure. who cares if you go to the Rose Bowl? But if what if winning the Rose Bowl meant that you now were up for consideration to play in the national championship? Mm-hmm. And you'd have some tremendous bowl game uh, uh, competition. Because I think one of the reasons people are concentrating so much as to where they go is because everybody wants to play for a spotlight. And when there's only one spotlight, that's where everybody's going. And the one spotlight, it's like when the NCAA tournament came out and replaced the NIT. The sure. NIT used to, if you won the NIT, you were the national champion. But the NCAA tournament came out and completely overshadowed it. And not every team deserves to be in the playoff. And I don't think you're improving the game by having Georgia play the number eight team in the country. I just don't see that as any kind of improvement uh, uh, with what's going on. And it offers more opportunities for people to be hurt. But I, uh, and, and uh, uh, it takes the focus away from the uh, 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 bowl games that used to be important. Right. I think those two things combined would really change the, uh, the picture in college football. Bob, I, th- I think that's a great idea. Thanks for the call. And, and leaving that question up until the end of the bowl games does a lot of good, I think, too, in terms of you know people freaking out about these players sitting out bowl games. Because if you say, hey, you still got a shot, who knows what could happen when you know USC takes on Georgia in this bowl or whatever it be, and the winner of that bowl could potentially get into the college football playoff. The loser won't. That's that's an interesting mark. But again, it's it's all about matchups and where that all fits. It's interesting. I I don't hate that. But but then we might not see the best teams every year in the college football playoff, and that is the downfall to that. One more call here because Rami Makloff is in the studio, ready to get things set up uh, for the Rami show. Let's go to Tim in Tosa. You're the last caller here on this college football topic. What are your thoughts, Tim? Well, I was got uh, two things. I wanted to expound on what the caller just said. Uh, it, reducing scholarships is, is one idea, but the problem is, is I'm just going to use Alabama and Wisconsin as, as two. You take away, let's say there's 20, let's make it nice and easy, 20 scholarships for Alabama, 20 for Wisconsin. Now, if you're going to limit, if, you're, if your goal is to limit, you know, reduce the scholarship numbers to 12, let's just say, now you're also needing to be fair to limit the scholarships for all of the other teams so it's basically like the equivalent of the Brewers, right? The Red Sox, you, you, you take a little bit of money away from the Red Sox, but now you also have to take money away from the, the Brewers, and it, I think it ends up hurting the lower-tier teams because you have to match it. My thought was, something to expound upon, is, uh, is t- you know, you've got these five-star, the four-star, the three-star. How about actually limiting the amount of star players you can have? So Alabama can't get 12 five-stars. You limit a roster to eight. Eight five-stars five, four stars, you know, so whatever, figure out the numbers. But mm-hmm. that way you take the talent instead of them having 25 stars. Now you have to take and you, and you, you reduce them to, say, 15. Now you have to take those other five stars. Those five stars got to go somewhere else. And the other teams have to figure out what five stars. So it, I think the talent would be dispersed more equally into the, the, mm-hmm. the college football ranks versus reducing the scholarship. Tim- you limit limit the the stars. Yep, Tim, thanks for the call. And and that's another interesting perspective, but again, then those universities go back and say this is all about getting an education and and all of these things. So how can you limit where a person wants to go? 
even though we all know at this point that the college football scheme and the college football world does not revolve around education anymore. As much as, as much as, you know, Gary might want to tell you that all these players at Wisconsin are there to get their degrees. They're not, they're there to try to get to the national football league. Most of the time, most of those players, most of these athletes that have been trained up from their early high school days as great athletes and especially five-star players are told that they're going to play in the NFL someday, and that's their life for them. That is their future. And they they get all the glitz and glam of being a high-rated recruit, and everybody wants them. Everybody wants them to go to their college. That person does not give a crap about getting their education for the most part. I wouldn't either in that situation, so I don't blame them. But the universities themselves will say it's still about education to them, which is why you shouldn't limit them and limit how many students for each star rating that you could bring in. So that's where that comes from. It's a problem. Like I said, it's a problem. 50.7% of five-star recruits over the last four years heading to OSU, Georgia, Bama, and Clemson. It's an issue. They got to figure it out, and that talent gap is not going anywhere until they do. Stan Plucker in for Sparky's Midday Madness. Today, Rami Makhlouf joins us next as we prep for the Rami Show at the top of the hour. It's Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, the fan final segment. Rami Makhlouf joining us now. And Rami, I have to ask. Yes. Um, do you know we've been lied to by A.J. Dillon? What? He would never lie to us. Do you what? know his real name is not A.J.? Well, I assumed it was, you know, an acronym for something. Uh, like something junior. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe an Adam or an Anthony or a, a, I don't know, Adolphus. Adolphus? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately it is uh none of the above okay there it is an acronym all right it is an acronym so i'll give him a little bit of credit but the mayor of uh door county or the man who owes the keys to door county his real name algiers jameel william dylan jr say that again algiers uh-huh jameel william uh-huh. Dylan Jr. So it is. It is short for something. It is short for something, just not what, not like an Austin James uh, situation. I mean, you didn't think his name was actually AJ, right? Well, like, Sam and I, the, Sam and I both thought a that potentially, potentially, his name was just AJ because he does not have the periods, which are usually. Does used anybody to be actually an do that? Just give their kids letters as a name? Yeah, really? For sure. Yeah, I've known AJs that are just AJ. I've never heard of or this. Or KJs that are just I know just an AJ, AJ that's just AJ. Really? Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. Why that's would you do of, that? I think it might be one of those you people things, Rami. That, yeah, it might be. <laughs> yeah, that's you people, isn't it? That is it you might people. Be. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. Uh, because we all know the, the good Julio Jones one, right? What is that one? Uh, Quinteris Lopez. Oh, yeah, is his yeah, real yeah, name. Yeah, 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 Not yeah, Julio. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have situations. Also, Dak Prescott, his real name is Rain. What? His real name is Rain. Rain? Rain Dakota Prescott. And he goes by Dak? And he goes by Dak. Why wouldn't you go by Rain if your name was Rain? That's uh, a cool name. Uh, oh, uh, we were talking about it before. It's it's not like, the, you know, the R-A-I-N. It's it's like R-A-Y-N-E. Oh, uh, okay. So, Still. Not, and then, uh, sounds a lot more jerseys. Debo Samuel, his real name is Tyson Raekwon Samuel. 
Raekwon's a cool name. Raekwon is that a is really a cool, cool name. Raekwon's so why not go by Raekwon? I don't know. That's what I would do. Yeah, you're one of the Wu Tang Clan. Why wouldn't you? That's a good point. Uh, and have you ever heard DK Metcalf's full name? No, I don't think I have. Uh, Decalin Zacharias Metcalf. Good for him. Uh, and Drew Locke. One more. Drew Locke. Uh, Drew. That's not his actual that's name? That's not his actual name. <laughs> what, Andrew? I'm his, assuming his name no, is Andrew. His name is Paul. <laughs> what? His name is Paul Andrew Locke. What? What? So weird, dude. So, so like, weird. I don't know. Part of me hopes that at some point the Packers will face, like, the Cowboys or Drew Locke and the Broncos someday in the playoffs or wherever it be. So you can be, cause I know you call the people, their first names, their actual first names. Yeah. You want them to feel less intimidating. Oh, yeah. And so for you to call Drew Locke, Paul or Dak rain, uh, instead of their actual names to intimidate, make them feel less intimidating. You know, when I first be a good got in this business, there aren't a lot of names that sound like mine in this business. I was like, how can you be more like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, and I was thinking about like going with a different, like either an on-air name okay. or just, just like a spin on my name. I almost went with R. Francis Makloff. Almost went with R. Francis Makloff. Like, R. What was Francis? That? Is yeah. Francis your middle name? It is, yeah. So I almost went with R. Francis Makloff. Why not just Francis? Why not just Francis? Why did there have to be an R there? It sounds important. And are we talking about like an R apostrophe yeah, or R like, period? Oh, no, R period. R so Francis. Not, okay. it's like, so it's not yeah. R, like we wouldn't say R no. Francis joining us no, no, now. No, no, no. It'd be Francis yeah. joining us. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, just the first initial, then the middle name, and then the last name. Sounds real important, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound important and fancy? A little uh, bit. I, mean, I guess. Like Sounds F. Scott like, Fitzgerald. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's like with Robbie. Yeah. One of the Beatles, like, wasn't it like Sir something well, something? Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney got right. knighted. Yeah. So he's he a sir. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, just, it kind of feels like that to me. I, I got no problem with that. I felt like I should change my last name because too many things you can rhyme Plucker with. Oh, yeah. I know. We did it yes. the first day you walked in the uh, door. Yes, it didn't take did. us long at all. No, no. Where's Sparky today, by the way? Uh, Sparky is here. He's doing things oh, for okay. uh, the other side of radio. Gotcha. Today, instead gotcha. of being in front of the mic. Is he trying to get our I'm... Twitter account turned back on? No, is that no. what he's working on? <laughs> no, we haven't done that dude. yet. The hell? How do we still not have a Twitter account? It's a great question. Just four days ago, I, we, I had this conversation with Sparky. How do we still not have a Twitter uh, account? This shouldn't be that hard to fix or figure out. I think it's because of our migration from uh, to Google, I should say. Since our, our company is going Google, and we now have Google <sighs> email and everything, I think Sparky literally chose the absolute worst time to do this to our Twitter account. In case you missed it, uh, he gave us a birthday and decided to give us a birthday the day of the station, and the station is 17, 17 years, years old. old and, you have to be 18, 18 to have more than, I think, 10,000 followers yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. So we got locked out of our Twitter account. We're underage. We're underage. We're underage, yes. The station's Twitter account is illegal. And so we switched to Google. We just so happened to switch all of our emailing and everything that we do oh my God. as a company to Google. I haven't logged in since we've this. done this. Is this a big pain in the ass? Am I going to have to no, do No, it's okay. not a big right. pain in the ass. You literally just have to log into Google. Okay. But it's literally every single employee that works for Odyssey is switching to Google, and everybody's having troubles with it. So I have a feeling that we're going to have to wait a considerable amount of time to get 1250 AM the fan back on Twitter. Why do we have to switch to Google? Why are people always changing things that don't need to be changed? Like, things are fine, dude. Things are fine. And there's somebody sitting in an office somewhere who's like, you know, if I don't change something, people are going to realize I'm useless. I better change something. So we change things that don't need to be changed, and then we cause all kinds of problems. That's the way it goes. That's the way of the world, man. It's the way of the world. What's the way of the Rami show today, Rami? The way of the Rami show today, off the top, it's the start of the NFL playoffs this weekend. Just a real simple, broad, general question. Take the temperature of Packers fans heading into these playoffs. 
Dan, you feel better or worse about the Packers' chances of winning a Super Bowl than you did a year ago today? Ooh, I like that. You feel better or worse? I feel better. You do? I do. All right. Okay. You like their chances better than you did a year ago? Eh, I, I, yes, I would say better. Okay. Like, just slightly better. Okay. Because of the injuries to Tampa Bay. All just right. slightly better because of that. Am I any less fearful of Tom Brady? No. But Fair enough. I feel slightly better about and more optimistic about their chances this year. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, COVID-free, and also with a, a stadium full of crazy wild Packer fans. Sure. Okay, so we'll have that discussion also in the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, Chris Middleton, who likes to remind us that we are the champs often on the Rami show, he last night said there, that there are things about this recent stretch that are concerning. So I want to ask, are there actually things about this recent stretch that are concerning for the Bucks? Sam's a little bit scared of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. We'll get into that as well. It's 4 o'clock on a Tuesday. That means Tuesdays with Winkler. Bart Winkler will be here, and Rob Reichel from Forbes will be here to talk some Packers at 445. Well, it looks like you'll have some fun today. We will have some fun today. There he is, Rami Mack. Hopefully Bart doesn't and- fall asleep on me again. <laughs> Yeah, week. that was pretty funny. That, that was, happened. I have to say it was. Uh, hear him in about 30 seconds when we get back here on. Uh... Oh, Extend that break. I okay, got to pee. Okay. Can add a couple minutes? Well, go minutes? now so right, I can I'm say go goodbye pee. to my listeners right and yep. you can say hi to yours. He is Robbie Makloff, and you can get him and hear him in a couple minutes here on 1250 AM. The fan for Sam Schmitz on the other side of the glass. I'm Dan Plucker. Sparky back in the chair tomorrow, as he will be for the big show and Sparky's Midday Madness. Thanks for your time today. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Rami Makhlouf show. Rami show, I should say, next here on 1250 AM. The fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.